Welcome, welcome everyone. It's Tara here on the Dream Home Movement and I am joined today by my lovely co-host Joe Violetta from Violetta Finance. Hi Joe. Hello, hi. <laughs> and uh, we have some other special guests with us we do. today as well. We have Kirsty from Sea Change Holiday Rentals. Hi Kirsty. Hello, thank you for having me. And we have Sam from Keats Accounting as well. Good evening. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and Sam uh, is doing me a solid and she is doing the finance segment uh, for us tonight. So she's, uh, yeah, she's stepping in as our special guest finance expert. So we also have Kirsty here to talk about holiday rentals for us because there are quite a few holiday rentals down here on the Mornington Peninsula. So Kirsty is a holiday rental manager. So she is the expert on mm. the subject. Our theme today is holiday rentals down on the Mornington Peninsula because there is a lot of people with fabulous dream homes that over Christmas or summer or at certain periods of the year, they're not actually using. So you've got to ask your question, are you going to leave it vacant or are you going to open it up as a holiday rental? So to talk with us on that particular subject, we have an absolute expert. We have Kirsty, and she is a local holiday rental manager. She has a fabulous business that she founded eight years ago now. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Called Sea Change Holiday Rentals. And it's for property owners who like to have their homes on stays and Airbnb, but they require an expert to manage it for them and assist. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit more about your service, Kirsty. Okay. So the service starts at the beginning of taking inquiries. The platforms that we use are stays, Airbnb. Also inquiries are generated from the website and Facebook and Instagram, where we have a lot of return guests as well. So just replying promptly to those inquiries really helps a lot to secure bookings. Most people generally will inquire about five or six properties at the same time. And if you're delayed in your response, chances are they'll just go book somewhere else. Oh. So being prompt uh, and being available most times during the day and the weekend to get back to the guests is very important. Interesting. Um, do you do all the marketing, like organise the photographer and all that? Or? Yes, yeah, all the marketing. Uh, what usually happens is uh, we'll start with an appraisal, go out to the owner's home, answer any questions, go through the property, make suggestions on bedding configurations and answer their questions. Uh, and then we start the advertising, um, organise the photographer. Uh, this is at no charge, so it's risk-free. You don't make any payment hmm. up front. Yep. Obviously to the photographer and nothing gets deducted until you take your first booking. Okay. Sounds interesting. So you organise for the place to be photographed on the web, suggestions on how they can make it more appealing to the market. You're the one who puts it up on the internet as well. Yes, that's right. Yep. And then um, inquiries come in and you're on your hot little phone answering those as well. Yes, that's right. So it really frees um, people up from quite a few things from the day-to-day -day grind. And then after that, so this, people have made the booking, what, what happens then? Okay, so to secure a booking... 50% deposit is payable. Yep. Uh, and then we block the calendars on all the different platforms. Uh, and the balance is due two weeks prior to arrival. Yep. I offer a meet and greet service where I meet the guests at the property. 
get them in the house, answer any questions they have. There's always a manual at the house. So anything tricky like the stove or the TV or Foxtel can Mm. be answered straight away. Do you do that manual? Uh, The owners do the manual and then we put some extra bits and pieces in there just to help guests with local attractions, takeaway menus, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, So at the end of the stay, I also offer a move-out report to go down to the property, make sure everything's all in order, take the bins out and just make sure that everything's fine, ready for the cleaner to go in. Oh, fantastic. So, I mean, if you're renting your holiday house out, it sounds like you you sort of get rid of the need of having a neighbour or friend check in on it. You've you're pretty much taken care of everything. Yeah, so that's it's right. Just a lock and go, and don't have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I always report back to the owner and let them know what's happening, which guests are going in, uh, when the cleaners are going in, if they hire a linen service, organise the linen service, oh. and if guests decide to bring their own linen, all houses are supplied with dunas and pillows so they have that option as well that's fantastic so like with the linen service does that mean let's say you know you obviously want to have nice sheets for your holiday rental so does the linen service come with all the sheets and everything like that yeah so the owner will supply the sheets at the property yep and the towels uh so that's sometimes it's absorbed into the rate yep you can incorporate that other times you can have the option of hiring the linen at $20 per person. Yep. So that will cover the cost of laundering the linen at the end of the stay. So it doesn't actually come out of the rate that the guests are paying. Fantastic. It's an additional cost to the guests. Okay, that's very clever. Okay. Now, tell me, if if I was choosing a house down here and I thought, look, I'm always going to not be here around Christmas and Easter or whatever, what sort of house would you choose what's what makes a better holiday rental that's a hard one because most people they're looking at different scenarios some people are coming down for a holiday yep. some people want to park the car walk to the shops walk to the beach other people want to be close to their relatives so yep. as long as the house is close enough to them they don't mind where it is um, other people want a pool other people want a spa so you've got those to look at as well uh, some people aren't actually coming for a holiday. They might be in between settlements. They might be building a house. They might have to move out of their house for an insurance claim. So they don't mind where they go. They might need it pet friendly. Hmm. Um, and they just want to be close to their house so they can let the tradies in and get the quotes organised. Oh, okay. So lots and lots of different people looking for different reasons. Yep. Even coming from overseas and their furniture doesn't arrive for six to eight weeks. So they need someone to live and to set up base um, before they can actually get a residential rental as well once their visa comes through yep. and purchase as well. Oh, that's very smart. So um, do you actually get a few international people? Well, you must do yes. contacting you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, we have businesses that set up their employees as well. Oh. They um, bring them in from overseas, set them up, um, bring over their furniture. Yep. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So corporate rental, is it? Or what, yes. That? So, yeah, yeah, that's yep. right. Yep. Very yep. interesting. Yeah, so, through the relocation agencies. Ah, very cool. What does the typical home, the typical home, I know there's no such thing, <laughs> <laughs> but let's say um, I decided that I would rent out my home over Christmas, January peak season. After all the costs involved, what kind of money would I likely make out of that? That is Mm. another hard question um, because it depends how many people that your property can sleep. It depends on a few different things. I've got a few examples of 
peak season, we've got a property in Mornington that sleeps six people. Yep. In the off season, you're looking at about twelve to fourteen hundred dollars for the week, and peak season, you're getting about two thousand one hundred. Maybe even a little more. That's great. Um, so mm. that's like six people. Uh, is that after one, expenses um, or is that just the um, cost? That's without expenses. So with that one, you can hire the linen. Yep. So that additional cost covers the linen. So it's just the commission yep. and also just the cleaning cost at the end of the stay, which mm. generally two to three hours mm. you need to cater for. Fantastic. Yep. Okay, so there's not there's not that many costs in, involved. No. It is a viable way to make some money. I've, I've got a friend who lives near the city and does a lot of travelling for work and so um, overseas and they rent their their apartment in right near the city, right near public transport, prime location. Um, they rent it out on Airbnb while they're away for working overseas and it's like they're earning double income, mm. which is just, you know, just just amazing. And uh, they they leave all their clothes in the, the cupboards and, and everything. Does that usually happen? Yeah, like- definitely. Um, people who plan to come back and use it themselves, the holiday rental, mm-hmm will often lock up a cupboard, even a spare room, like an office yep. or even the garage. If there's enough off-street parking, mm-hmm. guests are fine that you lock off your garage and put all your valuables yeah. in there, all your personal items mm. so that you can easily come back and then just go inside and gather your, your belongings and it's not such a hassle for you to come back as well. Fantastic. Mm, that's yeah. quite smart. Yeah, you could you could just design it so part of your wardrobe is locked and mm. yeah, in particular rooms, why not? Yeah. I mean, it's at least that way if you are traveling at that time of year, you're probably coming getting some, you know, money towards your own holiday. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We all like to if um like in my situation, my family are in Perth, so mm. it's always nice to fly over and say hello so yeah and imagine that your house can be paying for your holiday that's (laughs) that's a real brain that's a real brain twister isn't it that's uh that's quite quite amazing do you know what though Mm. we've got an issue at our house with not unmatching not matching mismatched mismatched crockery oh yeah we have that issue too yeah so it could be fixed yeah, you just need a trip to IKEA and have matching crockery. <laughs> I know, but it's funny how some one piece goes missing. Like all of a sudden, you got no yes. spoons. Yes. Well, I've I've got a teenager, ah. right? So we lose forks, ah. and you lose forks in offices, don't you? You do. Yeah, they're, they're you lose fork issue in our office. Yeah. <laughs> I seem to be always having to go and just try and buy more forks. Yes, every office I've ever worked in, there's a there's a there's a fork issue. We're going a little bit off topic now. <laughs> Maybe this is for another show, yes. solving the solving the fork. Yeah. Solving the fork issue. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. You're here with Joe and Tara. I'm Joe, and we're joined in the studio by Kirsty, who manages holiday rentals right here on the peninsula. We're talking about holiday rentals and Airbnbs. For the break, we started to get into how we can practically prepare our home um, for holiday letting. So what sort of things can we do to, to, get, to get ready? Okay, I think the first step, if it is your family home, is to remove anything of value, uh, sentimental or dollar value. Mm-hmm. Uh, just remove it from the home just in case anything was to happen. Yep. 
Um, remove any personal items, um, belongings or your clothes and things like that as we spoke about before into a locked cupboard, into yep. a garage, into a study or an office. Clean out the pantry. Um, ah. Just leave your kitchen staples in there. Leave your salt and pepper and oil, yep. uh, flour. Leave some foil, some glad wrap, mm-hmm. garbage bags, all your cleaning products so that if they, when they need to clean the home at the end of their stay, they've got everything readily available to them. And then just making sure that for the number of guests that you plan on sleeping in your home, you can accommodate for that many people. So in the kitchen, having enough plates and bowls Mm -hmm. to... Enough forks. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. (laughs) Yeah. And just having enough linen to supply as well. And even if you can, if you've got um, like a large lounge room, pop in a sofa bed just Mm -hmm. for some extra guests if... Nana and Pa are coming over to stay the night. They can accommodate for them as well. That's a great. That's a great idea to um, have that sofa bed in the in the lounge room or the spare room as well. I I, I really like that. And um, you mentioned before cleaning uh, that you get someone in to clean the house um, or the rental after the stay. But what about before? What sort of cleaning needs to be done beforehand? Okay, so beforehand, uh, you know, it's up to the owner if they want to clean it before the guests come in or Mm -hmm. hire the cleaner which is easy done basically everything needs to be cleaned the windows need to be cleaned um, outside if you are around have your lawnmower man come in on a regular basis same as pool maintenance Uh, just get on top of all that before your first guest comes in Mm. so that nothing gets out of control and the guests are okay with gardeners coming in and people coming to clean the pool during their stay well, do you know, it sounds like it would actually be a really good motivator to spring clean your house. Mm-hmm. I would almost do it just to motivate me to clean the windows because I <laughs> haven't done that you can for, for a while. Yeah, I have to say I hired someone right before Christmas to come and clean all of my windows. Yeah, mm. it makes a huge difference, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would almost do it just to get just to get someone to come and... <laughs> Clean my windows, a reason to do that. We were having a, a little chat during the break and I was uh, I live in, in Seaford, as a lot of the listeners know, and if I were to go on holiday, do you think people would want to rent a house in Seaford or is it more on the peninsula? Um, I think it's everywhere. Um, as I said, it depends what people are coming down for mm. and who they're coming down to see and what their plans are when they come down for their holiday. So if I'm going away and it just happens to be at the same time that someone wants to visit their rallies in um, in Seaford, I might I might be in with a chance. That's right. And you never know, somebody might be in between settlements, somebody mm. might be renovating and need to vacate their house for a couple of weeks yep. and mm. need somewhere close by. We've like, rented I, properties for weddings and things too. You know, oh, it can be course. a really cheap option yeah. if you're going away for a function to rent as a group. Yes. And you've got some more of those comforts that you wouldn't necessarily have in a hotel room as well. Yeah. Yes. So it can be very social mm. um, if, you, if you're going away for something like that. Yeah, that that's so true. And I honestly had never thought about the option of um, mm. that people would use Airbnb or a holiday rental mm. for reasons other than a holiday. Like as you said, yes. if you're you know in, you're in between settlements or you know you've got renovation. to get out for insurance yeah. or renovation or something like that, mm. that's a really viable option mm. rather than having to take out a long term lease that that's fantastic uh Kirsty would you mind sharing with us again you told us a beautiful story earlier about one of your clients who likes to go camping would you mind sharing that 
again please. yeah sure Thank you. i have um a family mm. uh they have a house in mount martha mm-hmm. uh they go to the same camping spot each year yes and have never holiday rented their house before yes. um, until last year they called me in i went down for a couple of different meetings mm-hmm. um went through everything with the house set up with them uh they decided to go for it they yep. were away for two weeks uh we got the cleaner in on the day that they went camping yes uh, we had the two week-long bookings mm-hmm. uh, we got the cleaner in in the middle and yep. also the cleaner in at the end of the stay and the owners returned home the next day to a sparkling clean house and they put five thousand dollars in their pocket wow that's fantastic two weeks go camping for two weeks yes come home to a clean home yes and five grand yeah that's right thank you very much was it a particularly like spectacular house or it was a nice house it um it had four bedrooms yeah it had two living areas it had a backyard little cubby house for the kids yeah yeah and, and what area was it in? Was it in what what part of the peninsula was it? Uh, it was in Mount Martha. Mount Martha. Oh, Mount Martha. Yeah. Yes. Where have yeah. I been? <laughs> so it wasn't walk to the beach. It wasn't walk to the shops no. or anything. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it sounds like the typical Mount Martha home just yeah. about. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. What a great yeah. story. Yeah. There's a question that we ask all of our guests hmm. uh, each week. When you hear the phrase dream home, what does it mean to you? Okay, um, dream home means to me probably bringing the outside in, Mm -hmm. um, having spaces that you can see from, you know, like the focal point of a house. Yes. And to be able to kind of spread out around the house, being open plan, so everybody's still together but doing their own thing. Yes, I love that. Yeah, bringing the outdoor in and that beautiful open plan but you've still got separate zones mm. yeah that's right mm. yep. so handy with kids because you've got three kids of your own don't you yes so, that's right yep. yeah keep the noise and the kids that way that's right. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm spaced out. laughs> well thank you so much for joining us i've really enjoyed learning about airbnb and holiday rentals mm. and all that sort of thing i was really quite clueless about it yes. um, before tonight but now i'm feeling like I have a little bit of expertise. <laughs> a bit of well, I know more than I did. Kirsty, where can we find you? Okay, um, I have a website. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm available by email, Kirsty at seachangeholidayrentals.com.au. Uh, so thank you so much for that. Will you hang around for the rest of the show? Yeah, um, sure. Oh, fantastic. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolute pleasure. When we come back, we have our finance segment with our very special guest, Sam Keats. And Sam is going to ex- share with us the tax implications of um, using your home as a holiday rental. So if you're making money from your home, what does that mean tax-wise? The reason I've got Sam in is because I want to talk about tax tonight. Now, please don't switch over to another station. Okay? I promise I'll make it as interesting as I can. <laughs> this is important stuff, especially seeing that we've been talking about uh, using your home to make some income. So using your home as a holiday rental tonight. It's absolutely critical that we understand the tax implications around that. And Sam is just the person to help us understand. So just share some light on that topic. So Sam, what are the tax implications of um, using your home as a holiday rental? 
Well, there's two. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the immediate concern for some people, I guess, is the income that they receive. Right. Um, That is taxable income. Yes. So who pays tax on that depends on whose name the property is in. And uh, for most people, their family home would be in joint names. So it is taken as a 50-50. Um, that's what the tax office says. So the income is treated as taxable, but you can claim a deduction against that for some of the expenses. So for example, things that directly relate to that tenancy. So your property manager fees, uh, your cleaning services, those are all completely deductible. There's no issue there. Then there are other costs that you have with your home. So as an example, your gas and electricity, your Foxtel subscription, your mortgage interest, all of those sorts of things Mm. are expenses that you have while the property is rented and there are ways that you can claim some of that as well. Okay, that's really interesting. I, ne- I, I wouldn't have ever thought of claiming my Foxtel subscription, for example, as an no, expense and the way. The other thing that's important is if you're running an Airbnb and it's perhaps not rented the entire time that you're not there, you can still claim potentially some of those expenses as well, right. as long as the property is available for rent. So for that, we're looking at things like that you've got at least listed online, so mm-hmm. on Airbnb or with an estate agent. In some cases, even things like advertising it on an intranet at your work is is fine as long as you work at a big enough location yep. that it's exposing it to the general population. Wow, okay. um, and so as long as your property is available for rent mm-hmm. at a reasonable price for the location and the time of year, then those expenses that you're going to have, like your gas, your electricity, your mortgage interest, are deductible whether or not a tenant's in there or not. Wow. Well, I wish we had sound effects because I want the mind-blown sound effect (laughs) right now. That's amazing. So, Kirsty, someone could list with you, potentially not have anyone fill the, the, the listing, so not have anyone stay at the home, but you'd still be able to claim some ex- expenses. Mm. Yeah, that's right. What about capital gains tax? Yeah, so that's the other side of the coin where I said that the tax gets you on two sides and potentially you are going to expose your home to capital gains tax. There is an exemption um, from capital gains tax for your main residence, but while it is generating an income, Mm -hmm. uh, then potentially you are risking that that, um, exemption from tax. So it's important that you really do keep records for the lifetime of the property so that your accountant can calculate when you, and this only applies when you sell the house. Right. Um, so the date that you accept an offer or, um, that someone's making for you to sell your home to them is the date that it would trigger the capital gain. Uh, and you would then apportion it based on the days it was being used as a rental property versus the days that it wasn't. So, is there is there any minimum amount where you don't have to apportion it? Like, can you get away with just doing it? No, Christmas? and the tax office are getting smarter um, as as time goes on. Big Brother is watching us more and more each year, mm. so it's quite amazing actually the amount of information that the government does already have. So, just as a general example, when you come in to see us at Keats Accounting and we're doing your tax return, we already have a lot of information. Um, so back in the days where you had to, you know, wait till you had all your information together to go to your accountant, these days a lot of it, like group certificates interest, dividends, you know, your trust distributions 
returns from your investments, even things like your health insurance information, the tax office has already got all of that and we can print it out in a report. So Mm. they do do data matching. So we have had cases where people have got letters from the tax office saying, please explain because we believe you've had a property listed and you haven't included it in your rental um, schedule or cases of they go through they also data match with the state revenue office so Mm. with land titles so when there's a change of title they will go through and see if that data matches up with your tax return as well so it's always better to check with yeah. with your accountant. Capital gains is really not as scary as it sounds. Mm. Um, you always, if you've owned your home for more than 12 months and two days, any gain that you make, you get to keep half of it tax-free. Okay. So worst case scenario, you know, you're going to pay overall about 24% tax and you're getting to keep the rest of it. So it's really not as bad as what you think. And as I said, the times where you're not renting it and you are using it as your main residence, then as long as you don't have another main residence, you can claim the exemption. So Mm. it's really not that scary. So I think one of the key messages here is that you don't be frightened, but do speak to your accountant. So if you if you, yeah. yeah, yeah. So do find an accountant that specialises in uh, investment properties. Yes. Uh, and it's also really important to make sure that you keep really good records for the lifetime of the property as well so that you can maximise um, your claims and minimise the tax that you're paying. What's the best way to keep to keep records for tax purposes? <sighs> yeah, look, there, there are a number of ways. There are apps you can use. Yep. Um, there are programs like Xero that offer a through your accountant, you can get a very low cost option that helps you to, with your household finances. So you can certainly set that up with categories as well right. and do your budgeting and everything else. But whatever works for you, just remember that Um, your receipts may deteriorate. So if they're thermal receipts, if you're going to store them anywhere where they're exposed to plastic Mm -hmm. or if you use a highlighter on them, you will fade them. So the tax office accepts copies. uh, So photocopies and scanned records are great as well. But it's just a matter of finding a system that works for you, whether that's spreadsheets or just a simple compendium file for each year Mm. where you just keep everything stored. It's always better to have too much paper Mm. and and not enough because you never know when we're going to need it down the track, particularly when it comes to things like capital gains tax you know what i do sam it's um pretty low tech what i i I, um because i buy lots of bits and pieces for my houses when i'm renovating and so forth i actually just take a photo with my phone and i email that photo of the receipt and i email that photo to an email address i've specifically made for that particular project so i've got digital copies of everything that i've purchased um so my project's all in one place and I'm not you know as you said trying to read receipts that have faded yeah. or lost or yeah that's yeah. a great idea and mm. you know we've got little tips and tricks we use um at Keats Accounting as well so one of the other things we may do is if you are in the business of having rental properties and you have got a few we might as I said hook you up with some sort of a, a record keeping package or the other thing we can do is say to you well you know look at perhaps using a bank account that you only use for oh, that clever. treat it like a business and put all your expenses for your properties through that account, you still have to keep your receipts, but at least you're not going to miss out on expenses because you know it's all captured within that one bank account. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. That (laughs) That is sexy tax, isn't it? It is. (laughs) See, I told you. I told you this would be fun and I'm glad that you didn't change um, the dial and and go listen to something else because this was definitely worthwhile. Thank you so much, Sam, for making tax fun. And 
look, even if you have to pay tax, you're still getting to keep the majority of what you earn. Exactly. So, you know, it's still, you're still better off. Yeah. Mm. Important stuff. Thanks for um, explaining it so clearly. Mm. No problem. Well. Now, if people um, want to find you, where can they find you? They can find us on Facebook uh, mm. under Keats Accounting. Uh, we always have, have a website uh, or you can contact us uh, via telephone on 9770 or my email address uh, is sam at keatsaccounting.com.au. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> okay, market watch. Mm. <laughs> I'm actually selling some apartments at the moment in Carnegie. Oh, you are? Yes, you've been up You've been up near the big smoke this I week, have <laughs> But um, so it's this great big 10-storey um, building that's going up in Carnegie and I'm selling the apartments off the plant. But it's kind of interesting because... We we are a bit new to apartments, aren't we? In this um, in Australia, really, we're just starting we to yeah. get our head around them. And so, I thought I might just say a few things that maybe you should look out for in an apartment. Um, if you want to buy one, what to think about, and also uh, roughly the sort of where they're at at the moment. So, the median price for apartments in Victoria is now half a million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars. I'm finding that people are surprised that two bedrooms are getting towards you're looking at least about a six hundred thousand dollar proposition, depending on where it is, obviously. And, and it's different in different areas, but around the city, Carnegie, and that sort of area. If you want two bedrooms, you're looking in around that world. With apartments, and I I talk about this with houses constantly as well, and you're probably all sick of hearing it, but one of the most important things about the apartment is the aspect because it's and it's even more important with a with an apartment than it is with a house because you don't have a lovely sunny backyard that you can go and retreat into you've got your apartment and that is it so you want to really pay attention to where those windows are facing Mm -hmm. Um, you want them to be facing ideally north if you can't get north northeast is good west is pretty full on. You you turn into a bit of a fishbowl in that sort of scenario. Right. Yeah, it's it pretty hot in a west facing apartment, and yeah, it's hard to retreat. Having said that, they do have lovely air conditioning and so forth. Mm. But yeah, if you could, I, I think ideally you want north. Also, do pay attention to what the apartment looks out on. Yep, and what the view will be at different levels. So usually, the better views are the higher you go up. And they're more expensive, of course, the higher you go. But the benefit of that is you have much more natural light because you're not overcrowded by other buildings. And, yeah, generally the views are better higher up. So it's probably worth paying that little bit more if you're Mm. going to occupy it yourself to get the better views because that will very much affect how much you enjoy it. And then probably one more tip would be also to uh, look at the quality of the building. Now, how do you do that off the plan? That's very hard. Mm. (laughs) But your best option is to look at what other projects that development group has done before. So you look at what designer they're using and what they typically design and the builders, what they typically build or the group builds. So that's that's some sort of an indication of what you can have. And don't assume that it's going to have a car park because quite oh a, really because no, I would just expect a car no, park no and and I think also with the two bedrooms don't assume that you're going to get two car places because the standard is one right yeah okay yeah. okay yeah. that that 
that I get, but having mm. no car park at all. Sometimes there there are certain ones. Um, there's a, a rather famous uh, one in um, Brunswick that's gone up just recently, and they've specifically designed it without car spaces because it's very close to public transport. So it's sort of an environmental design. So right, they've managed okay. to build this building with that, with not enough car parks because mm. there's usually a town planning sort of regulation. You need a certain amount of car parks per dwellings, but mm. this developer in this particular situation got to have less car parks because of its proximity to all the public transport right and they made other concessions like they basically they designed it for own occupiers so they made like bigger bedrooms and instead of having two bathrooms they had just the one so the bedrooms could be bigger so it's it's, it's all around more livable and yeah yeah and there's got to be some compromise there there is and i had um one of my friends lived in port melbourne in an Mm. apartment for quite a while and didn't own a car for the the many years that That's they right. lived there, they um th- they did a car share. So well, this is much more common in the city. I mm. know that with the RACV hotels and resorts, they actually have a electric car parked in the car car area, and you can um, lease the car as often or as little as you like, assuming it's there. So yeah, I think that will probably in the future head that way. That the typical apartment block will have a few cars there, just charging up, ready for you to swap amongst each other and share. Yep. How fantastic. So we hope that we'll see you all on Instagram and Facebook. We would love to hear about your dream home projects. So please do jump on Tara's group. Um, oh, yeah. Mornington Mums Building Dreams. Yes. As, yeah, so we can chat with you about your dream home projects. We would love to hear about them. We are looking forward to seeing you, uh, speaking with you next week. And a big, huge thank you to our guests, Kirsty and Sam, tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. That's it. See you See you all next week. All right. Thanks for joining us on the Dream Home Movement. Wishing you all the best in your projects this week. We would love to chat and hear what you're up to, so please say hi on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to hanging out with you next week. Catch you soon.